Thank you for making that less awkward with the clapping. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Um, as Adam said, my name is Alyssa Sorakis, and I serve in student life um, as one of the worship arts associates along with Adam Hepner. So, and I'm also an alum of Northwestern, so it is a joy to be here with you today, and I hope you all had a wonderful break. Hopefully it was a time of rest and spending time with your family and giving thanks. But as I came into Monday, I just cannot believe how fast time has gone by and that we are already heading our way into December and into Christmas. And if any of you know me well, you know that Christmas is one of my most favorite times of year. I start listening to Christmas music in July. I have had my Christmas tree up since August, and I'm not joking, literally put it up in August, and it has stayed up that whole time. And we actually bought another tree, so I have about three trees in my house. I really love Christmas. And I'm ready for all the traditions that come with Christmas, like decorating the house, putting lights up, spending a lot of time with family, baking cookies, watching Christmas movies, and I probably shouldn't admit this to you, but I watched nine Christmas movies this past weekend. And I know what you're thinking, wow, I wish I was like her. No, you're probably thinking like, wow, she needs to get a life. Um, I do have a life, and so don't worry. But I did kind of have it on in the background while I was cleaning the house, so at least I was like trying to be productive. But, you know, got to get into the Christmas spirit, I say. And I even started a business with my dad and where we make handmade ornaments. So, but my most favorite tradition of all is on Christmas Eve, where my mom makes a Swedish dinner with Swedish meatballs and sausages. And before we eat, we all sit down as a family and we read through Luke 2. And we have been doing this for my whole life, ever since I was a child, and we have continued this tradition still. And I was rereading it over um, this past week as I was planning for this morning, and something stuck out to me that I wanted to share with you that I hadn't noticed before. So I'm going to read this over you. It's Luke 2, 8 through 20. It's probably a very familiar passage, especially during Christmas time. So here we go. I'm going to dive into it. Now, there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lined in a manger. Suddenly, a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the angels left them and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, that the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph and found the baby lying in a manger. When they saw him, they related what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were astonished at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these words, pondering in her heart what they might mean. 
So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. Everything was just as they had been told. Wow, that's amazing. I love that story. And so I, I mentioned that something stood out to me during that passage that hadn't in previous years. So what stood out to me this year as I was reading, it was in verse 16, which says, so they hurried off, the shepherds. As soon as they heard that Jesus was born, they immediately dropped everything and hurried to go find him so that they could see what the angels had told them and glorify and praise God. And it made me think, how often do I hurry to worship God? How often do I wake up and get excited because I have the word of God in my hands and I get to spend time with him? The shepherds were excited. They were, well, they were fearful at first. But then they were excited. They were so excited that they hurried to go find him so they could worship him. And we have been given such an incredible gift, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the best gift in all of history, and God has made himself accessible to us so that we can worship him and we can spend time with him at any given moment. Just think about that for a second. Just think about that for a second. God makes himself accessible to us. We don't think about this nearly as much as we should. Okay, this is the almighty creator God. He is so beyond us and he has every right to keep himself at a distance, but instead he has made himself accessible and we have access to him. He wants us to come to him. How incredible is that? And God wants us to come to him. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he wants to be with us. He wants us to come to him, and there's no better evidence of accessibility than Jesus. Psalm 104 through 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So before Jesus came, you needed to enter the gates of the temple in order to worship God. That's where it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. There's actually the temple and the gates were around it and you had to enter through that in order to worship God. But now there is no barrier since Jesus died and rose and the curtain was torn. So the gates had been flood open, okay? It's kind of like, I don't know how many of you went Black Friday shopping. I did because I just, you know, got to do the, do the Christmas thing full experience, went to the Mall America. But it reminds me of previous Black Friday shopping. I don't know if any of you have like camped outside of a store really early in the morning, or um, you're lined up like horses, or you, maybe you've seen it like on TV of people just like waiting to get into the store. And then they open the doors and people just flood into the stores to get their stuff. Okay, so that's kind of a funny example. But as soon as the curtain was torn and Jesus rose, the floodgate opened so that we have full access to him. Are you using that access? You have access to talk to him 24-7, seven days a week, all the time. In this psalm that I just read, it says, give thanks, give thanks. And we just came off of Thanksgiving. And I learned what that word give means in this passage. And it means to shoot a bow, throw, or hurl 
through the air. Give. So it's not just, thank you. We are to hurl our praise, release any inhibition with abandonment, and give our praise to God. I want to share with you a story of a trial that I went through where God revealed to me his peace through me giving thanks and praising his name through it. So for those of you who are into the Enneagram, I am a three, and that may not mean anything to some of you, um, but the Enneagram, for those of you that don't know, is a personality test that you can take, and it gives you a number from one to nine, and it's not to put you into a box, but it's to help you identify your strengths and the limitations of your preferred strategy and to give you guidance on how you may develop more capacity beyond it. I looked up that definition. I did not make that up. Just wanted to share that with you. Anyways, I am a three, which means I am an achiever. I like to achieve things. And I like to do well in everything that I do, which is not a bad thing, but I sometimes struggle with being a perfectionist and getting down on myself for something not going as planned, which I feel like some of you can probably relate with me. Growing up, I tried to do everything perfect, thinking that perfectionism was obtainable. And I realized that I would pursue things where I could gain admiration and a sense of accomplishment by performing or just doing the right things. And for 10 years of my life, I actually competed in pageants. And year after year, I kept on fixing and trying to find what's the next thing to make me win. And after all those 10 years, I finally was crowned Miss Minnesota. But after obtaining that title, it was fleeting. So I pursued performance and singing. I flew to Los Angeles to, to pursue acting and modeling, wanted to be on Disney Channel. All these things where I was trying to gain accomplishment. I came to UNW for singing and found through my time that I really enjoyed learning about the voice and singing. But more so, I discovered that I love to teach. So I finished my degree in vocal music education, and I was in my third year out of college. And I remember praying and asking the Lord, God, please use me and challenge me this year. God, I want to be challenged. Oofta, careful what you wish for, yeah? Okay, that was really Minnesotan. Little did I know that after that prayer, I was heading down to the darkest time of my life, but also the best time, teaching music to elementary children. Yes, it sounds wonderful, and it truly, it truly was. But I was challenged every day with students who came from difficult backgrounds and home life, which affected their behavior and their schooling. Some were violent, so I'd come home with bruises. Others were vul used vulgar language. I would have panic attacks literally almost every day and cry pretty much every morning before I went to teach because it was not going perfect. Days and days and weeks and weeks of this relentlessness went by where my perfectionism was starting to cripple me. And as a perfectionist, if I couldn't do things perfectly or have achievement in what I did, I would shut down, I would give up, and this is exactly what was starting to happen to me. 
And I remember driving to the school one morning, tears were just streaming down my face. My hands were gripped on the steering wheel. I was at the end of my rope and I gritted my teeth and I said out loud, God, you are good. I remember saying that through my tears and just gritting it. And then I just started thanking him as I was driving. Thank you for this job. Thank you for these children you have made in your image. Help me to see the way you see them. God, thank you for your goodness and your joy. Please give me to that this morning. And the thanking and the praising just started flooding out of me. God, thank you for my car. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my family, for my health, for my home. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being my shepherd, my rock, my provider. And I went on and on until all of a sudden I was laughing and smiling. My thanksgiving in a struggle turned into praise and worship and adoration for who he is and what he has done. In that car ride, I realized that I had allowed the pursuit of perfectionism to override my pursuit of God. Satan had blinded me to think that perfectionism was obtainable because he wanted me to forget that there is only one who is perfect and he is worthy of our praise. I wondered why I was in that job and why God had me there, but I remembered I prayed, God, give me a challenge this year. He answered that. But it wasn't until I thanked God through the hardship that he allowed me to realign my thinking. Now, this doesn't mean that hardships are over. We're all going to experience hardships, like scripture says. And it doesn't mean that I won't ever struggle with this again, because I do. But now I know that in the midst of hardship, I was able to thank him, to adore him. Guys, God is the most important thing in your life. God is the most important thing in your life. As soon as the shepherds heard of him being born, they rushed to see him and worship him. Do you rush to praise our Lord. When you wake up in the morning, do you wake up with excitement because he has given you another day? He has woken you up. That means he's not finished with you. He wants us to come to him, to have relationship with him. Do you get excited knowing that you have complete access to God? The news of Christ should be so impactful that it should make you drop everything to go and seek and worship him and thank him for all that he has done and who he is. And cultivating a thankful heart is not an easy task all the time. Life is hard. And the world tells us to worry, think about your hardships, and then let it rule your life and your minds. But God says something different. God says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you pray, when you're going through a struggle, 
it tells us to approach him with thanksgiving. And guys, I've noticed when I do that, God enters and changes my heart. Sometimes my situation doesn't change, but he gives me an attitude of joy and of peace and of gratefulness of who he is and what he has done, because he has done so many great things. And his truth reminds us that he is with us always. Emmanuel, God with us. And our God with us, God will never leave us or turn away. And he holds us through the fiercest struggles and brings peace to uncertain times. And there's no greater way to build stronger faith than to walk straight through the toughest of battles. Because it's, that's the very ground where we must decide what we believe and who we believe. And as we set our minds on Christ, it becomes the place where doubts get crushed and confidence in him can grow deeper and fuller. Gratitude is a fierce weapon, especially amidst everything that we're going on in our world and in our country. Gratitude is a fierce weapon. And it's a weapon against what the enemy wants to use to destroy us. He wants us to give in and give up, sinking into hopelessness. He wants that. But if we keep noticing the good, if we keep looking forward to the divine redeemer, our hope will never be consumed by hopelessness. And in the name of Jesus, God has set you free. I declare right now, in the name of Jesus, God has set you free, friends. And we were not set free to fit in, right? When you have the Lord be the ruler of your life, you have been changed to be a light because Jesus now lives in you and is shining through. You were not set free to fit in. You were not set free to fit in. We just came off you know, of Thanksgiving week and we are entering into this time of Christmas. And as you do, give thanks to God. Come and adore him for what he has done in your life and who he is. We're gonna enter into a time of worship where we get to declare, God, we adore you. Your name is above every name. We praise you for that. So as our worship leaders come on up, would you please bow your heads and pray with me? God, we just thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you so much for this season where we can remember the birth of your son, Jesus. We thank you so much for the blessing it is to have access to you. And God, I pray that you will give us hearts and attitudes to rush to you every day, God. In every moment, I pray that our response to anxiety, our response to depression, our response to struggles will be to rush to you. Because you are our peace. You are our comforter. And God, we come and we worship and adore you. We want you to be at the forefront of our minds. So that in everything that we do, we see you in every situation, God. Please give us hearts of thankfulness. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.